Welcome to World Domination. Disclaimer, the views expressed in this episode are for comedic effect. They should not be taken as advice, as opinions held by the people saying them, or before bedtime. No whales were harmed in the making of this production, though I can assure you one of them certainly thought about it. What are we doing tonight? The same thing we do every night. Try and take over the world. Are you guys sure you know what you're doing? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to World Domination. I'm your host, General Atmosphere. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome, world. I am your host, Ken. And I'm your host, Emma. How are we today, everyone? Feeling great. You know, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a nice and easy, relaxing day for me, actually, working from home, so. Oh, you work from home today. Yeah. Nice, nice and easy, relaxing day. How was everybody else's? Hectic. Mm, Busy, busy today. Mm, I also did yoga today. Oh. Yes. Mm. Nice and limber. Yeah, the office had a a lunchtime yoga and I decided to join in. (laughs) Did many people show up to your work lunchtime yoga? Yes, about nine people. It's it's not mine. I don't I don't instruct it. That that would be bad. Just be careful, Ken. A militant yoga class features quite prominently later in the show. What militant? Pro- what what is, is that happening? part of your plan? No, that's like a real example. Oh, geez. like one one of the real examples is a militant <laughs> yoga class. Well, alrighty then. Well, no spoilers, um, guys. Well, you guys will uh, hear it when you hear it. So today we're talking about chemical weapons. Following on from last week where we talked about biological weapons, we thought we might, again, disclaimer, when we're talking about chemical weapons, we're mostly talking about, like, you know, airborne gases, but that's not, strictly speaking, the only thing that we'd be talking about. We like to live dangerously. We'll be talking about whatever, <laughs> whatever comes up, really. So should we get into some real-world examples? Let's do it. Okay, so I feel like there's a lot of like, you know, people might have or they thought about or they tried to when you're talking about chemical weapons before about like 1850. And before that, there's a lot of like, you know, historians think that somebody might have, you know, put a gopher head inside a inside a shell and like put bore on and you know all of these like weird things <laughs> no, I'm that, sorry, like, no, keep, keep, no, I don't know. Keep going. <laughs> all of these like weird things that like don't turn out to have like are very unlikely to have happened. I don't know. It was a weird time when we didn't have the internet. Mm. It's a weird time with the internet too. So you can only imagine what people got up to. Yep. Or or maybe it was so successful in taking over the world that no one wrote about it in history and everyone's dead. Well, like stuffing boar heads. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Most of like chemical warfare, like it didn't start there, but like... The big one that everybody knows about where it really kicked off was um, World War One, And a lot of this has to do with like one man who went by the name of Fritz Haber. What a dick. So the two of you, I want you to picture an evil German person from a movie. Have you got that picture in your mind? Yeah. Now yep. click, on, click on the link to the Haber process. Oh my God, he's more evil than I imagined. For those who aren't in front of a, <laughs> our, our links and that sort of thing, basically I'm sure you're all picturing small glasses... <laughs> <laughs> a bald. weird little bald, a little weird mustache, tiny mustache, and you would have been one hundred percent correct because mm-hmm. that is exactly what this guy looks like. Except these glasses don't have arms on them. It's basically two monocles connected <laughs> with a rainbow bridge. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, he was responsible for inventing inventing what's called the Haber Bosch process, which is a way of getting 
nitrogen out of the air and then you can use that for all sorts of things the main thing we use it for now is to make fertilizer but what you could also use is to make explosives and so the germans who had no natural deposits of um the chemicals that you need to make explosives could suddenly make all of the explosives they want artificially (laughs) and he also invented chlorine gas which you know was also used on the battlefield of world war one yeah because i i think we i mean with the fertilization and that sort of thing knowing kind of what he's sort of helped with I think because of him, you know, it's caused mass world overpopula- overpopulation. Mm-hmm. Like just... Are you saying he's trying to balance things out a little bit? No, but I'm kind of just thinking <laughs> I feel like so many like terrible, like disastrous things happened in the wars with these people coming up with different ways to, to harm other countries and other people and just cause devastation. And then it's kind of like the war finishes and then people are like, so... uh We've got this technology. How do, how do we use it for good now? And it's just <laughs> what a different place it would be if people just like had these thoughts and used them for good to start with. What a different world we could be living in. Maybe good people aren't very ambitious. That's why. But yeah, so he invented the Haber process, which made let the Germans make you know a whole lot of like conventional explosives. He also invented chlorine gas. So don't know how much anyone else knows about World War One. It's a trench war which means both sides were kind of at a stalemate. Neither really moved for the majority of the war. All of the men were in trenches up and down France. And one of the weapons that they tried to use to like break through the other side's trenches were chemical weapons, gases. Mm. Gases are a strange choice of weapon to use because your army isn't moving anywhere. So if the wind changes, it can blow the gases right back onto your army. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've fought um, yeah. it before. I've experienced this. Yes, we've all experienced that, Ken. Have we? Some of us are ladies. Girls don't fart. The French were the first to use gases, but like, let's not point fingers here. Both sides did <laughs> bad things. The French were technically the ones, the first ones to use it. Both sides used it throughout the war. Yeah, look, I think I think gas when you're sort of in trenches out in the in the air, probably not a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> like, especially seeing as the on. first gas that they used like in big numbers, like as a weapon rather than just like a, like the first one they used was tear gas. You know, that's more of a riot control thing than a, and a weapon. Yeah. I mean, because even wondering like if it's raining, are they then yeah. just like, well, well, we can't use that today. Hmm. But like the first one they used was chlorine gas, which smells like pepper and pineapple. And like, I don't know how much you know about France in the 1910s, but pineapple was not, not particularly common. Oh, so it was very obvious. <laughs> it was very obvious. <laughs> that smells fancy. What's going it's on over there? It's also like a very obvious green cloud floating towards you over the battlefield. <laughs> but yeah, so it, you know, it's, it's easy to spot. It's relatively easy to protect against if you have a gas mask. Um, and so they didn't use that for very long. They switched up to a, a different type of gas called phosgene which is very easy to make, colourless, smells faintly like hay, which, again, don't know how much you know about France in the 1910s, the horse population had kind of peaked. (laughs) (laughs) So hay was pretty common. Yeah. And it doesn't always kill immediately, which means fairly innocuous and can take a fair while to go to like take effect you'd assume like over the like was it 24 hours or whatever it is that they would kind of start to go downhill so surely they would know yeah yeah, yeah. you'd realize but, but like by then all the gas is like dispersed there's a, bit of, there's a bit of kindness in that though giving them some time to you know finish off their affairs sort of just get things together say goodbye to people you know i there's, there's or, or go of... to the hospital Dearest Millicent, I made the mistake of breathing today. Send my best wishes to mother. I smelled the hay. Um, but 
the really bad one they used was mustard gas. It's named mustard gas, funnily enough, because it smells like mustard. Wow, there. No smart. way. <laughs> yeah. Clever people there. Um, but the other two, you really need to breathe them in for them to do a lot of damage or get them in your eyes sometimes. But mustard, it could work through the skin which means it was really effective at clearing out a trench because you couldn't just sit there in your gas mask. If you got it on your skin, it horribly burned you. Would it go, does it go through clothing and on that sort of thing? Like if they packed on... Well, like remember, like the peak of clothing technology at the time was wool. Yeah. I mean... Actually, wool is still the peak of our technology right now, isn't it? Wool's pretty great. Is it though? It's pretty great. You speak, you're speaking to a Kiwi here, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> we love our wool. I... If just say you put on a few layers of wool, surely that would kind I mean, of help. I'm just yeah, like it, 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 it would probably help, but I doubt it's like a permanent. <laughs> it's not really going to help. Yeah, for a, it for a few it moments, totally stop it. I would imagine. So you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have enough time to write a letter to Millicent, but you'd have enough time to know that something was going on. I guess moving on to the to the next war, kind of um, with Agent Orange in the Vietnam War, and that there are at of least thing. three wars in between there. Look. I meant the next war that we're talking. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Look, I know. I can think there's... of one big one in particular <laughs> where they kind poss- of just iterated the number by one. <laughs> that possibly be World War Two. Uh... But yeah, in the Vietnam War, and Agent Orange used by the US initially for deforestation to kind of get rid of all the forest cover and food resources and things like that so i guess it's kind of a clever idea in that regard but i mean the amount of like long-term effects i think was it only a few years ago that they were still doing um, blood tests and that sort of thing and and children are like born afterwards are still having um dioxin still present in their blood samples and that sort of thing like yeah it's it's a wicked nasty shit like like it's just insane. They sprayed 20% of Vietnam's forests with Agent Orange. They used 20 million gallons of herbicides. Ooh. It's just insane. That's 60 million litres. This is the whole point. You know, when you're in war, you're kind of just thinking of the quickest way to get to the end result that you're looking for. But, you know, and I mean, at the time, you're not really thinking about what the long-term after effects are going to be. But I think the fact that there's still children born today that still have um, the toxicity in their blood. Like, it's just crazy. Yep. Yeah. Those are some horrible long-term consequences. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's. It, I'm finding it a little bit harder to be upbeat in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe um, when we get into our movies, we'll be able to be a little bit more uh, upbeat. Yeah. Not to say that I'm being upbeat with this next one, but we're almost back into the point where we've got cool, like, Japanese translated names again in the next bit. They do know a good name. They mm. do know a good name. So, I don't know how much you guys know about the next one on our list, but have you heard of uh, a Japanese death cult called Om Shinrikyo? No, never heard of them. Doing my research, yes, I (laughs) I have now, but I hadn't before. Yep, same. They started as a yoga class. Ken, is this what's happening? Oh, that's what Jim was talking about. Damn it, you're giving away our secrets. Yeah, so Om Om, Om Shinrikyo started as a yoga class and developed into a... Death cult, as as most yoga classes do. As you know, they're just they're prone to that. I should probably quit. Just, I I used to think they were a peaceful bunch. <laughs> and you know, they, the person who led them was crazy. Clearly, what they're most well known for is they had a a chemical production plant where they made a neurotoxin called sarin gas. And sarin gas is a clear liquid when you store it. Um, but when it reacts with oxygen, it turns into this like gas. 
that turns off the way that your muscles communicate with your brain. So all of your muscles stop working. Right. Including your heart and lung muscles, which is how you die. That sounds fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. And what they did was, I can't remember exactly how many, but a bunch of these, the members of this cult got onto Tokyo subway trains with a little plastic bag of liquid sarin wrapped in newspaper and they had sharpened umbrellas and then they waited until peak hour. They waited until the train came to one of the stations. Um, Just as the doors were about to close, they punctured the bag with the points of their umbrellas and then got off the train. Bastards. And then all of the gas escaped into the train between the stops and hundreds of people got injured and something like, I don't know how many people died, but a few people died. Killed 12 people and injured 50. That's just insane. Because you, you've, you've all, I'm sure we've all seen, yeah, I'm sure we've, um, we've all seen those, those videos of what peak hour in, in Japan is like, just shoving people onto oh. the train. So you can only imagine how many people would have been in the vicinity. Yeah. But here's where we might be able to get a little bit lighthearted. So, Yay. Om Shinrikyo bought a property in Western Australia in the 80s. Ooh, bloody Western yeah. Australia. Yeah. So I learned this from Bill Bryson's book called Down Under. It's a fantastic book. You should read it. Uh, but there's a part where he talks about how Om Shinrikyo bought this property in Western Australia in the late 80s, um, where they used to like test the methods that they were used in you know later attacks because it was in the middle of nowhere and nobody really gave a shit because there was no one for a thousand miles around. The 80s. Western Australia. But here's here's another interesting bit. There was a a spike in seismology readings in Western Australia at about the time that these guys were down there. And there was no recorded... It it didn't match the signature for an earthquake. And so that nobody had any idea where this like spike in the seismology readings had come from. Ooh. It's possible it could be an ast- it could have been like an airburst asteroid, like an asteroid that went into the atmosphere and exploded before it hit the ground because there was no crater that they could see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also possible Om Shinrikyo at the time had two Soviet nuclear physicists who had defected from the Soviet <laughs> Union at this base. It's possible that they detonated a nuclear weapon and nobody knows about nobody ever knew about it. Holy crap. How how would nobody know about it? Because it was in the middle of nowhere and they didn't notice this seismol... Yeah, but surely there would have been some sort of traces of it afterwards. Surely it would be, but like, as far as I know, nobody knows for sure. Damn, yoga classes are hectic. Yeah, they could have done it underground, they could have done it anywhere. Nobody really knows. Right, okay. That is crazy. Yeah, it's that's fucking so, mental. That's so scary. Yeah. Like, there could still be like a nuke in Western Australia and we wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. Ooh. No, Although, sure, to be fair, no, it's sure. Western Australia, so, like, you could blow up half the thing and nobody would notice. Oh, God. <laughs> sorry, Western Australia. Sorry, not sorry. Don't care. So you dick on Melbourne, and then now you dick on Western Australia. We're making our way through the states <laughs> and territories. Whittling down our audience. I've got some thoughts on Tasmania. <laughs> I'm going to hear them. Tune in next time. Oh, yeah, the next one. Another cool name. The Monster with 21 Faces. Another oh, yes. yes, another uh, Japanese um, case. Why is it always the Japanese? They're very poetic people. Um, so tell us about this, Ken. Oh, yes. So, it started off with some letters, right? These people sent some letters to uh, some big candy companies. Uh, one... Uh, Glyco? Glyco? Yeah, they're the ones yeah. that make Pocky. Yes, they're the one, Yes, best known for uh, the chocolate-covered pretzel sticks. Pocky. Also, pretz are the just pretzel sticks, but they're also very delicious. 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to um, <laughs> available at any <laughs> Pocky. Sponsor me, please. Glyco, if you're listening, yeah, we will accept cash or Pocky. Oh yeah, both. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. Back in the day, um, the monster with 21 faces uh, sent them a letter telling them that they've poisoned 21 million dollars uh, worth of candy uh, with potassium cyanide, which is uh, highly lethal. They really are monsters. So the whole the company took. $20 million worth of stock off the shelves of uh, supermarkets and everything and lost a lot of money. They had to fire 450 people. I think, like, from what I know about this one, I think the Japanese, at least the Japanese people, they kind of understood. Like, they didn't begrudge the company. They were clearly like, well, these guys are just dickheads. Yep. <laughs> they didn't... Re- I don't think they really blamed the company in as much as, like, Pocky is still a thing that you can buy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't go completely bankrupt from this. But, yeah. I mean, the, the other thing I... I, I if- know is that um when the police were like sort of um helping with the investigation and trying to raid and stuff the boxes that were contaminated actually said danger contains toxins on it oh. hmm. so yep. like <laughs> at, fir- at first they did actually kind of like hey they're they're doing some bad stuff so maybe we should we should wrong them and then like oh by the way this box contains toxins like <laughs> Okay. And the thing, the thing I like about this is nobody's entirely sure why they did it. Shits and giggles. Yeah, no. Like they, they did blackmail the company, mm-hmm. but and this is where we get another cool name comes in here. They arranged like you know a, a deposit point for the ransom. Nobody came and picked it up, but there was one person who kind of watched the police and just kind of laughed at them from a distance. And <laughs> wow. the only name we know them by <laughs> is the fox-eyed man. Ah, uh, that's my kind of guy. That's a bit mean. Mm. But wasn't it also um, the heads of the police force at the time? I think his name was Yamamoto. Yep. And he um, committed suicide because he couldn't find them. Mm. And then they sent a letter being like, well, you know, he he was a, a good man and he basically shouldn't have. And then they were never heard from again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's just what what they were trying to do. It's just they were clearly it's high this on was something. Just like a prank that went like went I mean, wrong. Like, it's not a prank because they actually did put cyanide in the. But, in yeah, the candy. no, no, yeah. The first one, I'm, I like the first letter. We're not too sure. Like twenty, the twenty-one million dollars worth of candy. We're not sure if they actually put potassium cyanide in. But uh, the next, the next time they did it, um, they sent a letter to Moringa, Morinaga, uh, the, the another candy company, and that's the one where they found fa- they actually went to the city stores and they found like twenty-one packets of uh, poison products. Was there any reported cases of it actually getting to consumers? Mm, or was it all found? Like they fu- mm-hmm. they found it in shops. Yeah. So what the way they would do it is so that they wouldn't know which shipments were being contaminated, somebody would actually go into the store and leave packets of the candy on the shelf. Ah, uh, okay. That was how they distributed it. Yeah. Reverse shoplifting. There's a there's a security video of one person doing it, and that's the only direct evidence they have of these people. Yeah, okay. Bad. But we don't know whether it's actually anybody actually ate it or and died from it or anything. I don't think so. Yeah, here's the thing. They said when uh, the first letter came out to uh, Glyco, they said it's $21 million worth of candy. And then in uh, the letter to Mor- Morinaga, they, um, after threatening them, they actually did find 21 boxes of the stuff. So mm. I'm thinking maybe there was only God, that's expensive one. Pocky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, no, that's I, th- I think that's why they're called Monster with 21 Faces as well. You know, 21's their they key just really number. Liked, uh, they just really okay. liked that number. Mm. Should we move on to a, a, the lighter? The dominating rating? The dominating <laughs> yeah. rating. Let's move to the fictional world and pretend the it's not real. <gasps> Yay! Well, where it's okay to laugh a little bit. Because no one actually died for realsies. Uh, yeah, so the first one on our list is Batman. Just Batman from 1989. <laughs> known for its very famous rubber suit in which Michael Keaton couldn't turn his head. And so had to like <laughs> swivel on the spot in order to look around. The plot of this movie is the Joker played by Jack Nicholson. He's a great Joker. He is a pretty good Joker. He, he's, it's interesting to watch how the Joker has changed in the last 50 years. Yeah. Jack Nicholson's Joker is kind of the last iteration of just like, you know, wacky gangster Joker. Yeah. Where, and since then, he's kind of moved into like hot topic gangster. Yeah. You know, once, like- once you get into your, your Heath Ledger and stuff like that, mm-hmm. there's just absolute psycho. Whereas I think with Jack Nicholson, you still got that little bit of like the comic book yeah. side to it. He's still yeah. a tiny bit wacky. Yeah. Is he the guy yeah. from The Shining? Than- yes. yes. Ah. Ken, please tell me that you've seen Batman. Uh, I, um, I watched oh the Mr. Freeze uh, movie. Oh god! Oh, that's... oh no! Oh, you poor child! I watched oh that god, like multiple times. My soul times. just died I a little didn't bit. Realize there was one before that until today. Oh my god! Until today, <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> you poor child! I liked it. There was poison ivy in that one. That movie so, <laughs> so shit. But poison ivy. <laughs> Ice to meet you. <laughs> oh god. oh wow! Flashbacks. Oh my god! Uh... It's like I'm watching the movie all over again. So Joker's car- Joker's plan is he puts poison in makeup and other sign- kind of like chemical products that like people put on them or in them, and so people have to like stop buying those products because he wants everyone to be. What does he say? He wants people to be as ugly as he is. Yeah, something. Like is that, that. his yeah. something like that? He, you know, he wants people to like not put chemicals or not put shit all over their faces because look what happened to him when he did it yeah he bleached his skin i really like the attention to detail that he plays like Mm. as the movie goes on you can see like the news anchors that show up throughout the movie they run out of makeup and so their appearance gets like worse and worse as the movie goes on yeah it's really cool it's actually it's actually a fantastic film yeah it's actually really good so i guess back to his plan and that sort of thing so i think as well there was a I don't know if it was Thanksgiving Day or something like that, but there was a big parade at the end of it. And basically, if anybody's ever seen the uh, the parade that they have in New York for um, Thanksgiving Day with all the huge um, what are the, the balloons and all that kind of stuff, the, I can't, floats, the floats and stuff, and stuff the like floats. that. Like it's essentially if you picture that for those people like Ken who unfortunately haven't actually seen this movie. <laughs> Thank um, you. My soul. <laughs> but yeah, so I think he, basically the plan was that there was a lot of the, the poison in there as well. So during obviously huge crowds and that sort of thing, Batman had to come and, come and save the day, really. Yeah. Thanks, Batman. Um, so over, overall, I think it was a great plan, except yeah. uh, Batman was just too good. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of his plan of like putting poison in the makeup though? I... If you know, if we go back to year twelve when you're talking about like studying, I actually think it's it's quite clever. Yeah, I think it would it work today though, or would people be like, I only use naturally sourced organic makeup. Oh, I'm sorry, if you poisoned bloody Kylie Jenner's makeup, like any of the Kardashians or the the Jenners or whatever, all their makeup, if you poisoned any of that, you would get so many people. That stuff is sold out in seconds. Jack Nicholson, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> There's still time. I give him ideas. So thumbs up, thumbs down for 1989's Batman starring Michael Keaton. 
I wish I had more hands so that I could give it more thumbs up. <laughs> Based on what I've heard, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. I, like, it's a fun, creative plan for, like, a wacky villain like the Joker to use. So, you know, thumbs up. It's fine. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, you're right. I think if it was released today, probably not as not as good. But I just think, yeah, no, it's great. Look, I'm not... I mean, thematically, it's pretty cool. If he wants people to be as ugly as him and then he puts it in makeup, like, come on, that's like, you know, two birds, one stone. Hmm. You know, yeah. you mess up their makeup supply and you also, like, you know, poison them. Yeah, see, if, every, yeah. if everybody's just ugly, then nobody cares about what they look like anymore. Do you know how much time I would save in the morning? So the next one on our list is another Batman movie. Personal opinion, which one is better or worse, but this one is Batman Begins, which, you know, loosely based on a comic book called Batman Year One. Good comic. This one's the one where Christian Bale plays uh, Batman, right? Yeah, this is the first one with him in it. Uh, Ken, have you seen this movie? I have, yes. Okay, thank you. I've seen all three of them for uh, this one. actually going to question our friendship then. Good, good, good. <laughs> all right, we shall continue. We shall um, continue. So, so, so Batman Begins uh, basically is the start. It's the first one in the Nolan trilogy um, for these. So I guess there's two kind of things in here that are kind of, from, I guess, from a chemical warfare thing. But you've got um, the introduction of Scarecrow. Basically, he's a he's a doctor and he comes up with this, basically a fear toxin that he sprays in people's faces, puts on this like really scary mask and it basically puts people onto a massive trip. And they just have like this absolute nightmare and they have no idea what they're looking at, what's real, what's not. And it's just absolutely super dark and, and that sort of thing. And so he's a nut job. Um, but I guess the other thing is the giant microwave that gets put into... So I can't actually remember exactly what the microwave was supposed to do, but I know that it was put onto the train and it was going straight into the centre the center of Gotham City and it was going to... Destroy everything or whatever. Wasn't that the one to evaporate the water? Yeah. So yeah. Oh, Liam, that's right. yeah. Liam Neeson plays Rachel Ghoul. Yeah. Who's in the comics? He's like a weird zombie Dracula kind of immortal kind of thing, thousand yeah. year old wizard kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but in this movie, it's just Liam Neeson. It's <laughs> just basically picture taken, and then it's him. I say just Liam Neeson, but he could still kill me with a napkin. Yeah. Um, Liam Neeson is the head of this order called, was it the League of Shadows? League of Shadows, yeah. Yeah. And there's this flower that grows near their base that causes you to have like fear hallucinations. And so they weaponize that and they give it to Scarecrow to like... Wait, there was a backstory to that? Yeah. Um, Yeah. But then they pump it into Gotham's water supply and then they have this plan where they steal a, a... a giant microwave from Wayne Industries. Enterprise. Wayne Industries, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they put it on a train and then they drive through the city on the train just blowing up all the water pipes, all the gas escapes into the air. That's it. Which, yeah. not to point a flaw in the plan, but if you had a microwave that big and you were standing next to it, you would also be dead because all the water in you would then evaporate. Yeah, look. And also, fun fact for any Game of Thrones fans out there, little Joffrey is in there too. Oh! He plays scared scared child on the street oh that's right i'd totally forgotten that i haven't seen it again but like i haven't seen it in a while but i'd totally forgotten that they were actually like linked and it was rachel ghoul that kind of led to scarecrow creating his thing yeah i, I think not. i've just seen honestly i feel like i've just seen so many different batman films different comics different like even the gotham tv show and that sort of thing so it all starts because there's so many different storylines and things you start to like mix them all together yeah yeah so how do we rate Batman Begins? Ooh, too elaborate for something. 
Yeah. It's so elaborate. Like, there's so many pieces that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. can't you just stick, like, the fear agent in, like, an aerator or something and just, you know? Yeah, couldn't you just fly it over the city in a plane? Yeah, exactly. Like, th- the sheer amount of energy that you would need to vaporize all of that water. The box is, like, the microwave is about the size of the car. You need, like, a nuclear reactor in there to provide that much electricity. Yeah, why don't you just, like, nuke everyone? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, like, the plan of the movie, I don't. Again, it's a dumb plan. Like, Liam Neeson's plan is to, like, we're going to destroy Gotham from the inside. <laughs> that was a terrible Liam Neeson impression. Don't let me do that what... again. <laughs> no, please, continue. More, 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 more. You know, he's like, Gotham had become too decadent. <laughs> There's, like, too decadent. There's, like, 50% of the characters we see in this movie are homeless people. I've, we've been through this before. They're always the first to go. The poor street urchins. Yeah. So, yeah, thumbs down. For the, for the plan. Entertaining movie. Yeah, very entertaining movie. No, you know what? I disagree. I'm giving it a thumbs up from me. Really? Yeah. You know what? We don't always have to agree on everything, and I, I think it's a thumbs up. I think elaborate plans, it, it, they've clearly thought about it. <laughs> Bloody Rachel Ghoul is just, yeah, nah. Nah, I, I liked it. I don't know. Oh, Christopher, okay. Christopher Nolan just overcomplicates things. Like, if it was, if he stopped at the scarecrow toxin, that's a good plan. Letting the city tear itself apart with a fear toxin. But all of the weird, like, you know, we've got to pump all of it into the water supply and then we've got to get a microwave thing on the train and then we've got to drive the train. You know, like, it's all mm, yeah. too much. No. To be fair, he got someone else to do it. What? He, like, you know, like, he got, like, Scarecrow to do a lot of it. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no. Mm, he, de- he, you know, he delegated. So, you know, he gets some points there. <laughs> Effective leadership, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, very elaborate. Not, not my kind of thing. So next one is Wonder Woman. Cool. So this one, so the 2017 live action version of this movie, um, for those that haven't seen it, I guess a, a kind of brief overview, um, flashes back to kind of when Diana's young and she's first sort of training and that sort of thing. And she's always wanting to get off the island and, and do what she can for the world, I guess. Um, they are protecting the island from Ares, the god of war. So he's basically their like arch nemesis that, you know, they've trapped him away. He can't cause any more harm. So there's this prophecy that Ares will rise again. Um, so they're all kind of trying to prepare themselves for it. Um, so it's kind of, it's set in the time, I think World War One is happening at the same time. And they're in this mystical island and there is this um, pilot that kind of flies through because um, once you get close enough, you can actually break through to their barrier. So she kind of has this world into, oh, and falls in love with this pilot. Then, then finds out that World War One is actually happening and obviously her first instinct is that, oh my God, Ares is back. So what she helps this pilot, what's his name? Steve Taylor, I think, what's his name? Steve. Steve. He's American. His name's probably Steve. <laughs> Good old Steve. <laughs> Steve Trevor. Um, so... <laughs> Very strong American name. Anyway, so she travels back to to London with him and um, he is looking for... There is a chemist called Dr. Isabel Maru, which is, I think, in the comics as well as Dr. Poison. But essentially, um, she's basically trying to attempt to engineer a deadlier version of the mustard gas, which we were talking about before, Mm -hmm. um, as as part of the the war. So um, they go and they steal her, her notebook. And everything like that. And it's just, I guess, kind of just keeps going through that, yeah, really. Like, I wish the movie had stopped there. Yeah. Like, Wonder Woman takes a weird turn. 
in the last third. And our unofficial rule is we don't talk about the like major spoilers for movies if they've come out five within years, the last five yeah. years. But yeah, that movie ends so weirdly. It, it really does. Like the plot about them like trying to stop, you know, the production of like an even worse poison gas in World War One is, yeah. you know, that's not a bad plot. I'll give them that. Yeah. Like Dr. Poison's plan to like kill people with a, a, an even deadlier nerve gas or like mm. even deadlier poison gas, mm. you know, par for the course for World War One. Yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah. I think I think that's what I liked about it. I think that it kind of, I mean, it's obviously not real, but like it kind of um, added on to what was actually going on at the time. So it's not, for lack of a better term, far outside the realm of possibility, just that part of it. I guess. Yeah. I mean, whole Wonder Woman thing and her being <laughs> immune to it and whatever. Yes, but but I guess the whole you know that there there was secret you know doctors going around and making weapons and things like that as well. So yeah, it, it, we saw one of them earlier. I mean, this mustard gas <laughs> literally was literally was happening. So it, yeah, like, was I think I liked Fritz? that. His first name was Fritz Fritz Harbor. Fritz Harbor. Okay, now yeah. he was born to be evil. Yeah, like yeah. I think that's what I like about the movie is that it kind of expanded on stuff that was already happening, um, and, and so it made it a little bit realistic, in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then it just got it just got weird. It just <laughs> it just got weird, and then oh, we can't give. Spo- Can we say How spoiler much- alert and then <laughs> and then talk about mm. it? Uh, so this is, you know, future Jim interrupting here. If you'd like to skip ahead to the end of the bits where we're talking about spoilers, you can skip ahead to 34 minutes and 35 seconds. If you'd like to hang around, um, feel free to do so. All right. For those leaving us, see you at 34 minutes and 35 seconds. Anyway, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, um, uh, Steve Trevor um, sacrifices himself in in the plane. To He takes all the gas up. It was all loaded in a plane, ready to kind of be distributed around the war areas, the war zones, mm. and um, he sacrifices himself. Whoa, oh, spoilers. Pine. We've said spoilers, Ken. We're safe. <laughs> this is a safe place. The thing that's so disappointing about this movie is that they were quite clearly setting her character arc up for her to realise that people can be evil on their own. Oh, yeah. that, like there doesn't have to be an Aries for people to want to kill each other. That was the, like the point of Steve sacrificing himself at the end. Yeah. It's like, not only can people do horrible things to one another, but they can also do incredibly selfless things for one another. Aww. And that's but what then, being no, human Ares is, is real. We've got a big dumb bad guy to punch. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's a comic book movie. So I feel like at the end, they kind of had to bring him into it. I don't know. It's just, it's just bad. Enjoyable movie. And I think yeah. the whole the plan of it all, if that's what we're going off of and, and that sort of thing, then yeah, I give it a thumbs up. But I do agree. I think at the end, it just became really weird when the whole fight yeah. with Aries and that sort of thing. Like it just, what are you doing? Uh, okay. So next one is Emma's favorite, which she's put a little emoji love heart in the show notes <laughs> document. Um, next one is Captain America. Oh, Perfect. Evans. Right after we talk about World War II Wonder Woman, we have World War II wonderful man yeah and i guess this movie is probably the reason why they didn't stick with the world war ii origin story for wonder woman yeah for sure yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah so movie was set in uh, world war ii and uh steve rogers played by chris evans <gasps> there we go <laughs> Woo! i was waiting for that uh yeah he's um he you know he wants to fight for his country and uh he's been trying to uh get in Enroll himself into the military. He's just too dang short. Too dang short. And he's short. got asthma and he's got, yeah. 
too dang he's weak. He's not phys- physically fit. Yeah, problems all around. But, you know, he's a re- really, really great guy. And, you know, he's well-read, got good values, all he's that. He's got heart. He's got heart, yes. This is probably one of the few movies where they've had to, like, CGI de-muscle someone. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that, I saw, that, yeah. that scene where he was re-muscled is so oh. worth it. Yes, and... Uh, Oh, my God. But tell us how this is about chemical weapons, Ken. Yes, so I um, believe the chemical weapon we are talking about here is the super serum, right? Mm. Yes, so uh, we have a German scientist. Dr. Abraham Erskine, played by Stanley Tucci. Oh, yeah, he's the good guy, yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. So, Doctor Abraham Erskine uh, was the good guy who's, um, you know, researching this uh, this super serum, you know, for a super soldier experiment, and you know, he's been running experiments and failing, and you know, and then this um, Steve Rogers uh, was who he chose to put the super serum in to uh, create a super soldier. And boy, was he super! <laughs> yes. That's America's ass. That's America's ass. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I, I liked why he was chosen. I thought that whole thing was so sweet. Yeah. Mm. I mean, like, part of the backstory is that uh, he created Hugo Weaving. Like the person or the character he played? <laughs> yes. Um, so he had he had tried it on somebody else before who had forced him to use it on them. And they, like, it had failed and it, like, made them hideous. But it had given them same, like power like same strength and agility and whatever as steve rogers red skull because i think it yeah because it was it's all about and that's why he was so cautious about who he chose the next time he was going to do it is because he wanted to make sure the person had the right thing and and what was it he still he signed him off to get him into the army army and then um they threw a a grenade into a bunch of them to sort of test and they all dove out of the way except for him he he dived straight onto the grenade to protect everybody else and that's when they were like guy this guy's a-okay yeah like and like the reason they got him in the reason he let him in is like he asked him why like why do you want to go overseas and kill nazis and he said i don't want to go and kill nazis i don't like bullies (laughs) (laughs) which is it's weird and childish when you say it like that Well, he did look like a 12 year old boy yeah he does it's so weird to see chris evans like that yeah look it's just a such an attractive man oh jim (laughs) I'm not blind. (laughs) (laughs) I have eyes, you know. Yeah. So I think the, the, I mean, the aim of the super serum was that they were going to help the American army and they were going to create, you know, a bunch of these, but the uh, scientist died and therefore the... And they also um, broke all the rest of the super serum that they had. Yeah. So look, I, I... I enjoy that movie for for multiple reasons. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, one main one main reason, but no, I I think it's a good movie. It was a good adaptation of the comic books and stuff like that, and the origin story. It's a great origin story that kicked off the whole, um, you know, I guess Marvel. Uh, Iron yeah. Man did, but I guess yeah, Captain I America did. kind of. Given, you know, the whole first Avenger and things like that. So if we're taking it that way, when that's what kicked it all off, that's what sort of started the whole the whole thing and whatever i think it, it's a good story it's a great movie multiple multiple thumbs up yeah i give it a i give it a thumbs up it's a good plan like yeah creating super soldiers yeah. and that one super soldier like you know went on for like 20 movies to the end so you know pretty good super soldier right there 
Yeah, and I think yeah. I, I like that they showed... The, we only need one. We only need one. And I think I liked that they showed the, the other side of it as well with Red Skull. That, you yeah. know, it, it, it couldn't have just been anybody. Yeah. yeah. Good film. Well, so we've just had the first Avenger movie. The next movie on our list is <laughs> The Toxic Avenger. The Toxic Avenger! I'm, I'm very excited <laughs> to talk about this movie. So I found this movie through a film critic that I like called Bob Chipman, who hosts a series on his YouTube channel every year called Schlocktober, come Halloween, um, where he just goes through like real schlocky movies that are just fun. <laughs> and so this movie is about this this kid who gets bullied in high school a lot and he lives in the toxic chemical capital of uh, the US, which I think is in New Jersey, of course. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it's Jersey. And he gets thrown into a vat of toxic chemicals by his bullies. And because, of course, he does, he gets superpowers from these toxic chemicals. <laughs> don't try this at home, kids. Real life toxic chemicals don't give you superpowers. They just give you the superpower of dead. Also, if you're in Australia, just don't get bitten by a spider either. Yeah, that doesn't work yeah. either. Trust me, I've tried. <laughs> he gets dumped in a vat of toxic chemicals and he gets hideously deformed, but he gets two superpowers. The superpower <laughs> of strength and he can just tell if you're evil. Like, it's not about like, <laughs> you know, he makes a judgment call. He can just tell if you're evil. Like, he can just look at you and tell if you're evil. And so he just goes on a rampage killing evil people. It's great. Like it sounds like such a feel-good story. Like, I was reading the plot. I'm like, I still want to watch this movie, even with knowing the yeah. ending and everything. So it started off as, like, a Friday the 13th slasher movie. But then people were like, I really identify with this character. He's doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> so they, like, changed it up. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a no from me. What? It sounds terrible. <laughs> Imagine if Captain America could just tell if people were evil. He can. Like, you wouldn't have had Captain America the, wi- the Winter Soldier. <laughs> oh, yeah. He'd... Look. Like, he would have just been able to tell who all the Hydra people were. <laughs> he figured it out. But it, would, it wouldn't have helped down the track with the whole plot of bloody Endgame. So, look, it had to happen that way. Look, yeah, no. Yep. There's a thumbs down from me. This one's a thumbs up from me. Having the ability to tell who's, whether somebody's evil is great superpower. Yeah, as you may have noticed from my reactions to the plot of this movie, uh, it is also a thumbs up from me. No, it's a thumbs down from me. <laughs> it just sounds fucking terrible. And there's like a little, there's a little bit about like him finding a like a blind lady, and then they fall in love as well. It's so sweet. He's so ugly. His mum kicked him out. Like, come on, like, oh. Thanks, mum. <laughs> Emma, have you seen a photo of the Toxic Avenger looks like? Uh, look, I'm looking at the poster now. Yeah, imagine the opposite of Captain America. <laughs> he's holding a mop. Why is he holding a mop? Oh, that's his. Because he, because he's here to clean up the streets. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, and that's like his... Um... Oh my God. He was 98 pounds of solid nerd until he became the, the Toxic, Toxic Avenger. Avenger. I was totally going to read Jesus. that. Jesus. Oh, yes, the no. first superhuman hero from New Jersey. From New Jersey. New Jersey. Uh. And then the last one on our list is... Sorry. The next one on our list is The Insider. I think this is one you wanted to talk about, Emma. Ah, yes. Yeah. So this was a film that has... Russell Crowe and Al Pacino, both fantastic good, good guys. Good um, And it was based off a, I think it was a 60 minutes episode that, or interview, I guess, that was never actually aired. But it centers around a guy that worked for a cigarette company. And, you know, we all know cigarettes are very poisonous and addictive. And what he was, and this was, I guess, centered around the time when that was sort of becoming a lot more 
well known. And what he came out with is saying that, well, these companies actually know how addictive and how poisonous they are. And they're actually trying to make them more addictive than they need to be. So it's, yeah, it's a movie, yeah, around that and kind of the company finding out that he's trying to whistleblow, I guess, and um, trying to bring him down. And I thought it was a good one to add to the list because it's, one, it, it's true. Um, and yeah. and two, I guess it kind of, we've been talking a lot about like comic books and that sort of thing, bringing it back into the real world. That it, it's quite interesting to to think about, you know, I guess from a chemical warfare in, in that regard of, well, yeah, it's still so prominent today. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's just, it, it kind of comes back, I guess, to what I was saying before about how, you know, in the war and that sort of thing and, you know, anything goes and people just trying to harm people and you, you just don't get it that, you know, some people even today it's still, it's all about money. Yeah. And it's all about them and it's all about, you know, doing doing what's best for the man rather than what's yeah. best for the people. That they still would have been addictive, still people still would have bought them, but they just had to go above and beyond. What's interesting to see is like if you go and look back at the the people who were like working on behalf of the cigarette industry at the time, the way that they talk is very similar to the way that like climate change deniers talk. Yeah. Like there's a lot of times where they're like, the evidence shows that smoking during pregnancy is completely healthy. Not only that, it lets it makes the women have smaller babies. And don't you want that? <laughs> do, do we? But I think as well, like, I mean, how cigarettes were made 50 years ago compared to how they're made now, very different. So, you know, because I know there's so many people that are like, well, you know, oh, well, my mum, you know, back in the day did and, and all this kind of stuff. And it's, you know... It, Maybe, but maybe also they were just one of the lucky ones. But it's just the amount of toxins and that sort of thing that's and tar. And I just hate seeing those ads and crap. Oh, just, yeah, they're pretty Just yucky. don't smoke. So how, so is that one of... Th- you know, I'd give that movie a, a thumbs up. Yeah. For the insider. I, you know, I gave it a thumbs up. The, the plan clearly worked. <laughs> well I haven't done. seen it, but, you know, it's tried and true, so thumbs up. Yeah, I can definitely recommend it. It's, it's, a, it's not a bad film. Um, and I, yeah, give it a thumbs up as well. I think from a yep. realistic point of view as well. I mean, it's true. So well done. Nice. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Russell Crowe. Um, Fighting around the world. I feel like we need a better term for our plans. Yeah, look. So we've got like the dominating rating. What do we talk about? Well, like what's a term that we can use for our plans? Huh. Domination formulation. <laughs> yes, I like it. <laughs> Domination formulation. <laughs> Um, yeah, so why don't we move on to domination formulation where we talk about our plans of how we'd use chemical weapons to take over the world. So why don't I go first this week? Go for it, Jim. Go for it, Jim. Okay. So my plan is kind of loosely based off an episode of Black Mirror and also kind of based on an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Of course it is. So I'm going to use highly addictive drugs that are mildly hallucinogenic, but also, you know, have a kind of tailored effect of what I want. My goal is to make an army who have undying loyalty to me and to me only because that's the that's what the drugs do it makes them really really like me and they'll do whatever i say are you okay jim i want some friends is that a love potion no quite the opposite Mm. i can just imagine the bottle now it's just a picture of jim's face but like he's framing his face with a wink and like the uncle sam point as well Uh, no 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 i'm doing the thing where i like got my like my chin in my head yeah that's what i'm picturing like head cocked to the side (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, God. Big smiles and a wink. Yep. 
That's what I want. That's what I'm picturing. Okay. You send me a picture of that and I'll join your army. So is this is this a kind are you thinking that this is something that they have to keep taking for it to stay in their system and things like that? They like, have to keep taking, if... but it's highly addictive. So that's my kind ah, okay. of Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. I get it. And how are you gonna get it to all the people? Like how are they gonna start taking it? This is like the only flaw in my plan. What happens if they run out of drugs? <laughs> yeah, look. Um, but yeah, you know. I have an army. Army ha- An army has, you know, field rations. Should be fairly easy to distribute the drug in field rations. Mm. The only flaw I might have is that because it's highly addictive, they, might, you know, you might have to work out some way of distributing it evenly. But I'm sure we could think of something. Oh wait, if you get everyone addicted to this, who are you going to take over? Like, where do, where do you start? Is it a build an army to take over the world plan, or is it a um, like get everyone to love you plan? A bit of no, it's a build. An, it's a build an army to take over. Ah, the okay, plan. okay. It's a, it's an army with undying loyalty to me personally. Nice. Cool. Okay, Emma, what's your plan? So my plan is actually loosely, I guess, based off the Batman films and the Joker's plan. Because you know, do reading into it, and I've obviously watched a lot of Batman films, a lot of the cartoon films, and and that sort of thing as well. I've watched all of Gotham, but the Joker has this. Well, I guess his laughing gas or the Joker toxin is that it, it's basically very intense laughing gas and like it contorts people's faces into just smiling and that sort of thing. And he just wants the world to be a better place. He just wants everybody to be happy. The Joker did nothing wrong. Right? <laughs> um, but anyway. It's when you grew up that you realized that the Joker is the, is the sane one. <laughs> 100%. He did nothing wrong. But anyway, so my plan is to kind of have something like that or, you know, um, as we were talking before about with the um, Batman 89, um, the, the poison in the makeup and things like that. But I'm thinking of same sort of tactic, I guess, is... But I'm the only person, Not it's not going to be something that, I guess, deforms people or things like that, but kind of really affects them that I'm the only one who has the antidote to it. Mm-hmm. So I guess another great film that it makes me think of that apparently I'm, I'm in love with. Every time I try and come up with one of these plans, I always come back to this movie. But The Kingsman Golden Circle. Oh, I think we have... I think we have to set a ground rule that that's it for Kings of Golden Circle. Nope. We can't invoke that about for a little while. No, but it's just... Third no, time, like, isn't it? So, no. So, I think I'd be taking the Batman 89 kind of thought of, you know, you got your blimps and you got everything that are kind of releasing it. You're gonna, that I think there'll be this massive, you know, I'm thinking Thanksgiving Day to parades, that sort of like massive crowds releasing this toxin. I'm the only one with it. And I'm, I guess what I'm trying to take from the Golden Circle is that I'm off somewhere else. <laughs> And basically, basically holding the world for ransom is what I'm, where I'm going with this, that I'm the only one. And exactly what I want from the world, look, I, I don't know quite yet, but that is, that is my plan. I think it is about, I think you've got to be, you've got to be quick. You've got to get a whole bunch of people all at once. And yeah, I'm the only one who has the, the antidote. Hmm. Interesting. And maybe it will be a bit of a, a laughing gas kind of one that people are just smiling and people just seem really happy. And then they're like, what is this great toxin? Get it in me. And then like two minutes later, it's like, oh, shit. I feel like if people see somebody dying within two minutes, they're look, not going to be some, like, look, hmm. stop poking holes in it. <laughs> Get that into me. <laughs> look, it all happens pretty quick, but that's, I guess, yeah, that's, that would be my plan. Okay. Ken, what's your plan? Ooh, my plan. Let's see. So, my plan is to invent the most amazing sleeping pill in the world. Uh, So, no side effects. 
gives you a perfect eight hours of sleep. I'm in. You know, you're knocked out. And then, like, I'm just going to introduce this to the market, you know, get as many people onto it as possible. And everyone will be like, oh, my God, sleeping for eight hours? That's great, you know? And then there'll be a... Uh, and then uh, whenever I want to do anything, like, sneaky, I, like, release, like, another gas cloud or, like, a chemical in the air that would increase the potency three times and make them sleep for a whole day. It's like a medically induced coma. And then you finally have some goddamn peace and quiet. Exactly. And uh, I might rob a bank or something. I don't know. <laughs> Just while everybody's sleeping. <laughs> yeah, while everyone's sleeping. But mm-hmm. yes, right. I feel like I've uh, improved the well, uh, the sleep health of everyone. You know, it will increase uh, general well-being. So, you know, I've, I've done a good thing. So, you know, I deserve a dollar or two. What? Maybe I'll ke- leave a few like-minded people unaffected. And then we can work together and change the world together. Woo! I like the fact that your I like the fact that your plan involves getting billions of people hooked on this drug. Yes. And your plan is to then rob a bank. <laughs> oh, I just realized I could just get them. You to, just extort the people. Yeah, yeah just, just, cut out, buy- just cut out the middlemen. Make them pay for the drug. Oh. <laughs> Are they not paying for this drug? Like <laughs> <laughs> Well Did you just forget about the money you'd be getting from that? I should start charging for this. Okay, maybe how, I should just do that. How can you ensure that so many people are going to get hooked on it? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people don't take sleeping pills. Good point. Maybe I should just make like, money off these sleeping pills and forget about the bank. I think I think the way to, to make your plan better yes. is, like, sleeping pills aren't for everyone because, you know, they make you really groggy sometimes mm. and, you know... Zero side effects. You, exactly. So your selling point is that it has zero side effects. Mm. And that's how you get people hooked yep, yep, on it. Yep, 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 yep. I feel like there's no way to, to have no side effects to that. If you're basically knocking people out for eight hours, there's no way there's not going to be any side effects. It's impossible. Look, there will be some casualties. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a small price to pay for perfect sleep. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, so who who do we think succeeds? <laughs> like, who has a good plan? I'm inclined to give the award to Emma this week. Mm. I'm also feeling Emma. Yes. Yeah. I actually was not thinking it was going to be me. <laughs> I um, think if we're still throwing out votes, I think I'd I'd probably. Oh, oh. Oh, Jim, refresh me on yours. Um, army under uh, my right, person. Yeah. yeah. Just because I'd want to see how the fuck that would work, and knowing <laughs> you and how you also love your personal space, like I feel like you'd fucking hate it. Oh, I would so, hate it. So I kind of want it. Uh, I'd have to have like a body double. <laughs> What's well, like Saddam Hussein style? <laughs> yeah, like in the Dictator. Oh god. Um, okay. Cool. Well, thank like, you. I just well, thought. Who? Yeah, I just thought Jim's Jim. Jim, your plan is good, but I don't think you, you're seeing any. Like you're you're not planning any further than having an a, like a massive loyal army. Like I get, <laughs> like you know it's like having a tool but not like going further with it. Like where will you go? I'm not sure. So you know I can't really imagine it, but like. Emma's plan is like just, you know, getting people like, you know, affected by this and then she's hiding in her uh, golden circle lair. (laughs) I feel like, I think the reason I keep going back to golden circle is because I can't think of another movie right now where somebody has just like an island to them fucking selves. (laughs) Apparently that's what I want. I think that was, yeah, that was a really good, uh, great play by that movie. You know, yeah, having just, that amazing diner. So if somebody, there. if somebody else can uh, can share with me another film that has that, that's basically all I'm picturing in my mind. Is that that's all I want? Okay, well, well done, Emma. Woohoo! Woo! 
congratulations, Emma. Yay, me. Is anyone keeping tally? I've won twice. Ken and I have won once. Yes. Hashtag girl power. <laughs> Hashtag cat girl power. No. Ooh. No. <laughs> Screw your cat. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so what are we talking about next week, guys? I feel like mind control could be cool. Ooh. Mind control. Mm. Okay. Do we think? Yeah. 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 I like that. I like mind control. I feel like there'd be a lot of movies about it as well. Yeah. Well, thanks for playing tonight, guys. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Congratulations again, Emma. Yay me. Hopefully next time we can do... We can have a little bit more of an upbeat episode. <laughs> yes. I think, I think we're in need of oh. one. <laughs> This one was hyper-realistic. I don't know what I was expecting, but this one was way more of a downer than I was expecting. Yeah, look. <laughs> yeah. It was chemical, not comical. Yes! <laughs> you did it, I Ken. did it, guys! You made chemical weapons funny. Did you not destroy my soul enough in this episode? You had to, <laughs> you had to make it worse. Look, you, you won, Emma. you got to let him get his jollies in somehow. All right. All right. Uh, okay, cool. Um, thanks for playing, everyone. Thanks for joining. Thank you, everyone. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. This has been your host, General Jim Atmosphere. Uh, this is your host, Ken Mickleken. Good night, everybody. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to World Domination. You can find links to all the things we talked about, our other episodes, or leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash worlddomination. If you'd prefer to give us feedback in text form, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or email worlddompod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show... Make sure to tell your mum about it.